Welcome to Breakthrough Barriers with Damali. I'm your host, Damali Peterman. On this podcast, we introduce our new season's theme, Resilience. And I, along with the guest co-host, will share how we remain resilient amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. We want to inspire our listeners to continue to break through. Welcome to the show. In this episode of Breakthrough Barriers with Damali, we're over the moon to have guest host Dr. Juliette Nevins, who is a board-certified OBGYN and healthcare executive. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm honored by the invitation, truly. And I'm delighted to have you here and to share your wisdom with all of our listeners. Dr. Nevins is a board-certified obstetrician and gynecologist and a medical director for the New York, New Jersey region at CVS Health. She's also the founder of Below the Belly Button LLC. An alumna of Vassar College, she thereafter earned a master's in public administration from New York University. Her medical degree is from the University of Virginia School of Medicine. Juliet's passion is health education and wellness critical tools that change behavior. BelowTheBellyButton.com is a platform which she uses to shed light on issues material to the wellness of women. Wow, Juliet, what an extraordinary resume. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I always like to tell people how my guests and I met. Juliet and I met um, under a program, for a specific program of Jack and Jill of America Incorporated. And Juliet was one of the first people to welcome my family and I to the community when we moved upstate. And we also have great names. Well, great. We have great. I think we have more the great in names. Taste <laughs> in names, right? Because both of our sons are named Cole. So great minds think alike. Right, Juliet? Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I, 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 you know, I have a talent for finding really good souls. And on meeting, I thought, wow, this woman is incredible. I'm going to bring her into my network. Absolutely. <laughs> and you were incredible. I mean, like it was instantaneous. Yes. I, I, I met you and you were like, oh, where are you? I know this person, that person. <laughs> and in seconds, you had us connected all over, over text. We were, we were meeting up, which was amazing to have something to look forward to during the pandemic right after you know, everyone was quarantining yeah. and, you know, all the adults were getting were vaccinated, which was amazing. But it was so nice to have something to look forward to, to get the kids together. We Absolutely. had an outdoor play date. And that was all she wrote, Juliet. We've been fast and furious friends. Our boys have a wonderful time playing together. And I'm so excited to be a part of your community. And I'm really looking forward to our conversation focused on the theme of resilience, especially as it relates to conflict and how you, your company, and your industry navigated the last 18 months. The goal is to encourage and inspire our listeners to continue to break through. Now, you and I, we have an easy way of chatting. Like we've been mm -hmm. friends for 20, 30 years. So our listeners should feel as if they're eavesdropping on a private conversation between two friends. What do you think? I think that's doable. I think that's easy for us. No problem. <laughs> that'll, that'll be a piece of cake. So 
Juliet. And you hear me vacillate between Dr. Nevins and Juliet. Um, do you have a preference? Okay. No, nope, that's fine. You're my friend, so you should call me Juliet. My friends don't call me Dr. Nevins. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. You know, it's funny. To me, you always be Dr. Juliet Nevins. You earn that title and that distinction, and I'm so proud of you. But I get it. We're friends, and so I'll say Juliet. I'll say Dr. Nevins. I'll say, oh, awesome one. You don't know what I might say. <laughs> I might say a, few, a variety of different things. But what do you want people to know about you? Can you describe yourself in six words? Huh, I would say creative spirit physician, women's health champion. I think really that would sum total, you know, my personality, my drive, my niche, my goals, my purpose. Um, oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Your purpose on earth, you said. Uh, physician, I heard women's health champion. Absolutely. And creative spirit. And creative spirit. You are all of those things. And then some Juliet. So how did you get here? Why are you in this field? You know, so I, I'll try not to be too long winded. I've been accused of that on many occasions, (laughs) but I went to, um, medical school after getting a master's in public administration, because as a teenager, my goal was to prevent teenage pregnancy. Really, I really thought I was going to do that, right? And then at, in college, you know, I sort of gravitated towards social studies. And it really opened my eyes to all of these societal barriers and challenges, if you will, that women face with respect to their whole health. So I went into medical school with an understanding that to help women, to help teenagers, to make sure that pregnancies, all of them were wanted and that they were occurring at the right time in one's life, there were some other, other things that we have to work on, right? Um, and we, there's a litany, there's um, um, income equality, there's... Um, you know, making sure that people live in the right place, that they have access to the right types of food in terms of food deserts and the like. So right now as a healthcare executive, I've taken all my clinical acumen and what I've done with it is population health. How can we design care models, programs that really impact these other really pivotal things that ultimately determine your health in its entirety? your mind, your body, your soul, your spirit. So basically, you know, in summary, that's been my journey. Below the Belly Button LLC, it's it's a funny story. I had a patient, uh, this was in her 30s, right? Came in with vaginal pain. She said she put a tampon in and it was causing her severe pain. Well, she put the entire tampon in her vagina, the applicator and everything. Right. And of course, that's going to be uncomfortable and painful. And it was then that it dawned on me that there are basic fundamental things about physiology and biology that people just don't understand. Right. And so that's what sort of led me to design Below the Belly Button. It is an online newsletter, blog, whatever phraseology works for you, but it's really meant to educate 
women about their bodies. And it has expanded to be a tool such that we can talk about the other issues, relationship issues, parenting issues, financial issues, all of the things, the, the isms and the issues that go into either adding to your health or taking away from it. I love that. So healthcare, this interest in healthcare was began as as a focus from when you were a teenager to kind of help people um, avoid teenage pregnancies and wait until it was a better time in their lives um, to take on such a you know life changing exactly. commitment. Exactly. And I love hearing that that interest in healthcare really is a focus on whole care. I'm just making that word up, but <laughs> you know, the care of one from beginning to end at you know, exactly. different stages of their lives with a, a spotlight on women and exactly. women's health. And I also like hearing you talk about below the belly button as an educational tool um, to help people understand basic physiology among other things. And so I'm going to, add to your you know six word description of yourself educator um, because I, I know you to be someone who is an educator a connector someone who is selfless who cares about others and I've seen you as well educate children right so yeah. you know I've seen you uh, provide different skills uh, and, and essential skills even for children as they're trying to navigate exactly. various scenarios that could arise um, especially during their elementary school years and so I'll I'll throw that out there to continue to kind of add to your bucket of accolades <laughs> and, and capabilities as you can see I'm a big fan of of Dr. Nevins here um, so even though you have you started off in the masters of of I guess it's public health, right? So public administration. Public administration. So mm -hmm. a master's of public administration. Then you went to medical school. You focused on you know OBGYN work, and you took that. You said that clinical knowledge and information to help you work on um, more on other initiatives as an executive, a healthcare executive. Exactly. And over the last 18 months, I'm mm -hmm. sure that you've seen things that you've never seen before oh, and yes. seen responses that you've never seen before. So I'm curious to know what your sort of single biggest challenge was in running your business or working in your industry throughout the pandemic. We all sort of... Um reverted to the online virtual platform. And initially, and there's still some conversation about, oh, this is wonderful, there's no commuting, we love it. But also true was that it, it did prove to be deleterious to my personal mental health because you are a captive employee, right? You instead of one meeting that you would travel to and come home from, you had two. And in the middle of this, you are managing your own fears in terms of, you know, the COVID. You're trying to find toilet paper, right? Um, you're trying to keep your household safe. Um, you want your household to run smoothly. But there is, especially in healthcare, you know, everyone's been watching the news. And at the time, I was also working 
you know, I was also delivering babies. I was also going into the hospital and I had to contend with that anxiety of, you know, working with all the protective equipment that we had to wear, coming home, making sure I took everything off in the garage. I mean, I did all of that, you know, close your eyes. I'm, I'm, I don't have any clothes on. I'm going up to the shower and then pivoting to, you know, the corporate job where I had to use a different side of my brain. And of course, as head of household, in terms of women, people don't realize that we are really the head of households. Most healthcare decisions are made by way of the women in that home, right? Um, and so it was true for me, it's true in healthcare, it's true in other aspects of our lives. However, it was a lot to take on during an extremely stressful period. So when we came home, we actually had more work to do, right? More work in terms of the domestic things that we had to do, more professional work. And of course, we had to take on the work of making sure that the mental um, as well as academic well-being of the children were, were intact. So it was definitely a lot. It was definitely, definitely a lot. It sounds like a lot and also just a lot to have to balance, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love the saying, um, when you're on an airplane, if the oxygen masks are deployed, to put your mask on first before you try to assist another passenger. Um, but what I'm hearing is that that is, was, was impossible during COVID. It because was, yeah. It was very, very difficult. And I think I got to a point where I just felt really depleted, exhausted to the bone, physically and emotionally. And what I had to do was sit and start strategizing, right? Because I need to keep putting one foot in front of the other. You know, a friend of mine was here yesterday and she said to me, this is someone I've known since I was 17, you take on too much, right? And I promised myself when, as we hopefully emerge from COVID that I would be very mindful and strategic when I added things back in my life. But in 2020, you know, I got to a point where I said to myself, self, this is not working. This is not sustainable. What are you going to do? And it was then that I, cause I, I, you know, I, I don't like to say no. I don't like to say no. If they need me for a meeting at four o'clock from four to six, I would really struggle um, through it, even though it's not something that I it was, was feasible because of the schedule and all the things that was happening. And I had to get sleep because I have to be at the hospital tomorrow. But I think what the pandemic taught me was you really have to erect those boundaries. You really have to be unapologetic about your vulnerabilities, your need for self-care. And you can't be afraid to voice that and stand firm in that and stand proud in that because then, you know, you're inconsistent if you can't reconcile what you're doing for yourself with what you're telling other people to do. Right. And that's a whole word in and of itself. (laughs) Practice what you preach. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Practice what you (laughs) preach. It is harder um, than you think. It's certainly easier said than done, but you must do it. You must do it if you're going to, you know, break through. 
I mean, and you know, that's my favorite word. Right. So, so the thing about this situation, though, Juliet, is, I mean, you were literally bringing lives into the world, and mm-hmm. everybody knows. Most of the time, nobody knows when a baby's going to come. They just right. come whenever they're going to come. Mm-hmm. And so you're you're actually on someone else's schedule. Exactly. Right? And then you would have the corporate aspect of, you know, what you do. And as you said, using another side of your brain. And, and then also as head of household, want to be there and accountable um, to your son. And then there's a self-care part of it. Yeah. And so there, there were a lot of things that were being juggled at once. And so it's, it, it's not a stretch of the imagination to understand that you would be tired. I was tired just saying it, you know, <laughs> that anyone would be tired. Um, and, and, and not only that, I mean, I think you said this a few minutes ago, there was, there was hope, there's despair, there's fear. There were so many different things going on. And like that Elton John song, you are still standing. Yes. You're here. You're on this podcast. You have, you are first, you know, line, you know, healthcare provider, an essential worker, and you're here and you're standing. So where does your resilience come from and how do you tap into it? You know, I've always had the uncanny ability to see myself, right? To sort of, and I know this sounds a little metaphysical, so bear with me, but, you know, I've never been one of those people who kept running into the fire over and over and over again. I have always been able to say, this is not working, try something else. Does it come from my parents who I view as very wizened people from Jamaica, right? I, I, I don't know, but I do have the ability to pivot, right? An overused word as we were talking about at the beginning, but I will say to myself, this is not working and I'm going to do something else. So you know, lately I was trying to think of my, my Peloton tag, right? And I have come to the point in my life where I realize I am a very courageous woman. And I'm not talking about the academic accolades. I'm talking about the ability to pull from all my experiences and to say to myself, I want to survive physically, I want to survive and be intact emotionally and, and psychologically. I need to, to model behavior that I want my, my son right, to emulate. I'm doing something wrong. And I think if there's anything that I have learned that has been crystallized that I can share is look at the work you're putting in, look at the results you're getting, if it's not what you want, if it's not beneficial to you, and certainly if it's harming you, say no. You have to do it. And it's scary because I'm a pleaser. I want everybody to be happy. I want everyone in the house to be happy. I want my boss at work to be happy. I want the patients, you know, whose baby I just delivered. I want her to say, I love you, Dr. Nevins. This was a beautiful experience, right? But you know, at some point, 
you can't, you know, an empty cup does not over, over, overrun. What is it? For, what is the phrase? Oh, I'm the worst things. with phrases. Right. right. <laughs> but, I, but I get the metaphor. Right. So I think that's, that's my superpower. That's what I do well. You know, not necessarily my tasks, um, but my ability to sort of look at the results and look at how I feel and look at, you know, how I am proceeding and make a decision as to whether I need to try something else. Yeah, I love that. It's, it's, it even sounds like you have the uncanny ability to be sort of introspective. I like how you said you're also able to see yourself which by the way, is very deep because oftentimes people are sort of traversing through the world, hoping others see them, right? Mm -hmm. You know this about me, you see this about me, but you're saying that you can be introspective. You can also see yourself. You ask yourself very uh, important questions. What are you putting into whatever it is? How is it making you feel? Are you getting out of it what you're putting into it among other questions? And then if you know those answers are no, then say no or stop doing what it is that you're doing. Exactly. And and I love that because I feel like it's a, a nice roadmap for people and to sort of utilize to evaluate exactly. situations, right? You can say, okay, I'm doing this. Is it, you know, it's almost like a, you know, is it bringing me joy? If it's not bringing me joy, then it needs to be out of my life. And I love that also, you know, you mentioned that, your resilience goes way back, like could come from a variety of different things, including from your parents who are Jamaican. Um, it could come from, you know, I, I can, I can also even see knowing you, you know, being wanting to be resilient for yourself and also for your son um, and for your patients, all the people that are depending on you, exactly. that is you know, bigger than you. Right. And so that resilience is because you are holding yourself accountable to yourself, to exactly. your son, to your family. Exactly. I've had the, the, the benefit of meeting many um, wonderful members of your family, a very strong, powerful family. And I can see resilience running through, right. through all of you, right? <laughs> I can see it running yeah. through all of you. And so I think one of the things that people are often hyper-focused on is success, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what makes one look successful and usually from the outside everything looks good right you see you know the social media posts Mm -hmm. you see all the you know not the not the behind the scenes but you see all the things that comes out on the other side not you know that saying not how the sausage is made but you know what what you actually get on the other side and so i'm curious to know if there was any mistake that you made that you want to prevent others from making you know, I, and, and I hate to be redundant and, and beat a dead horse, but I just, I, I capitulated. I just sort of gave in to all the demands. I have stopped doing that. You know, I said, is this working? You know, self said, no, it's not. And I made concrete, not just, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to change. I had concrete plans subsequently. Um, to what I was going to do to intervene and change. Like no meetings on Friday, period, right? I um, limited, you know, my clinical uh, life um, just to preserve my physical energy because I'm, I'm, I don't know if I can do the whole staying up all night thing. That's for the, the young OBGYNs who can <laughs> run up the stairs and catch the baby in time. But yeah, I, I was not doing that. 
right? I would complain and whine, um, but I was not writing down concrete, actionable things that I could do to change what was happening. And so I would say that was my error, right? Talking about it and being upset is not going to help. It did not help me, right? So in 2021, after I decided, this is not, this is just not working. I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. I have to make fundamental changes. And I, it was then that I said, okay, what is it that I need to do? I wrote them down and I enacted those changes that I set out to make. So I think when we look at success, that's it, that is all, a, the answer usually comes from how we're seen by others. And I, I will admit, I fall into that too. And I catch myself, right? That is not, that's not success. You know, we worry about how we're perceived by others. Not necessarily the material things that we have so much, but how do other people see us, right? And are we living up to their expectations? And that's a huge pitfall and one that I have fallen into. Right. But this whole process of being introspective and really reevaluating, you know, action and reaction, right, what you're putting in and the results is a way to sort of counter that and, and offers a check and balance system, if you will, against that until, you know, this idea of seeking the answer within becomes concrete, it's cemented, it's a muscle that you've been working on and it gets stronger, right? So I would say that's, you know, where I'm vulnerable, but I do have an antidote that I put into play, you know, whenever I'm like, mm, I need to whip out my, let me get into my medicine bag here. What, what do I have in there? What can I use <laughs> to get me out of this situation, <laughs> right? So I think what we're talking about is insight into who you are. Right. And honesty with with how you behave in circ with, you know, with different people and different circumstances and just really evaluating that without being critical or judgmental. You don't want to pound on yourself. You want to be loving and the way you would talk to your son. Right. What did you do? Why did you do it? Are you going to do <laughs> that again? And what, you know, loving, soft, gentle. I love that. And, you know, you said introspective, you said being insightful, and I'll add another I word because I'm a big fan of alliteration, being intentional. Ah. Like what I heard you said really sounds like intentional mm -hmm. moves to implement and execute mm -hmm. things that you needed to uh, incorporate, another I word, <laughs> um, to hold yourself accountable and to make those changes. Mm -hmm. And so to wrap up, I, I like to say something that my mother always said to me, mm -hmm. which she would always say, each one teach one. Mm -hmm. And so I would love for you to suggest a book, song, course, or program for our listeners. So I have dabbled, if you will, with meditation for many years, but I would say through uh, COVID, and I would say really consistently the last few months, I've been doing meditation. Now, again, actionable items. I have a Chopra app on my phone 
and it has a, like a nine to 11 minute morning or daily meditation. And it's really, really good. It's short. You can do it as you're sipping your coffee. You can set your intention for your day. It's a moment to stop and reevaluate your life and, and what you want the day and your life to look like. So I would encourage people to find some, as some of the meditation, they're, they're too long, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, time consuming. But I really like it because it's short, it's sweet, it's profound, it's poignant. And I have found it really, really helpful. So a concrete thing that you can do and I, you know, I have no monetary investment in it, is download the app or whatever app you like, but find something that you can actually do every day. So that's what I would, that's what I would leave you with. I love that. So exercising your mind, finding some time to meditate and finding an app that can help you if you prefer guided meditations. And the recommendation here is for the Chopra app um, for meditation. Julia, Dr. Juliet Nevins, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. Somali, it's always wonderful to speak with you. You are also very powerful, very insightful, and you're doing good work by bringing all this information to light. We appreciate it, and I'm certainly humbled by the invitation. Oh, thank you so much. I just realized I knew so many amazing women that I really wanted to share all of this knowledge and wisdom because to me, the way that we work, we improve and we change things that we need to change in our society is to share. And I really appreciate all the information that you shared today. I would like to thank you again. Thank our audience for tuning in. I'm your host, Damali Peterman, and this is Breakthrough Barriers with Damali. Continue to break through and have a wonderful day. Please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Breakthrough ADR. That's the at sign, B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-O-U-G-H, capital A, capital D, capital R. I'm your host, Damali Peterman, and this is Breakthrough Barriers with Damali. Although I am a lawyer, mediator, and an educator, and many of my co-hosts will represent various professions, we want to be clear that we are not providing legal advice, counseling, or suggestions. Our goal is to provide a roadmap for conflict resolution to generate future conflict resolvers. Continue to break through and have a wonderful day.